Vodka, whiskey, beer, tequila, more beer, more vodka, more whiskey, and more beer. And there is the end of the intro, which means it is time for the show, which means it is time for Darla to go put on some clothes. So, sorry, but you gotta go put on some clothes, girl. You just got to. All right, welcome back to the BHB tonight. This is your host, Donnie Dickshot. And I gotta tell you, I'm, I'm dropping the ball a little bit. A, this is not a live show. We're going back to the old way here. Um, hopefully nobody gives a shit. B, I'll tell you why I'm dropping the ball. I have no interview tonight, okay, so that that tells you anything. And and here's the reason, and, and it is simple, because this BHB action has just been so good, and I've been up at, like, the crack of dawn watching the Kings games that I just kind of spaced it. <laughs> it's been a busy week here in the Colombian headquarters. And so now, you know, we got to roll with the show. We got to roll with the punches. So what are we going to do tonight? Or today, actually. This is Friday morning. What are we going to do today? We are going to talk about the past, you know, week one of the BHB. We're going to be reviewing each and every series. We're going to be doing probably some, there's probably going to be some shit said. There's going to be some way too early predictions about certain teams. But we'll be jumping into that. We have transactions to go over. Yes, that's right. Some people have been traded. Some names, some interesting names have been traded as well. Including the number two overall pick. Let's see where he ended up at. You know, there was a three-way deal. And you know how I feel about three-ways. And we're going to be giving out players of the week. We're going to be doing the dick shot money shot once again. It's going to be a hell of a show. So sit back, relax, get your smoke on, get your pancakes, whatever you got to do. Let's get this shit going. Let's roll. All right, so this is this week in the BHB. So let's kind of give a breakdown a little bit for people that have never heard this show during the season. Um, the way this will work is, is I go through the standings and, you know, we'll talk about that, where they are. Um, and then obviously, you know, we'll just kind of break down each series, okay? Um, you know, we won't go really too in-depth into it. I used to kind of back in the day, but it takes up a lot of time. So not going to go too in-depth, but we'll... we'll, we'll We'll give each game its due justice. Let's just put it that way. So so let's just jump into this, right? So let's go over the standings. Let's take a look at this. First off, I want to thank a friend of the show, Biscuit Basher. He always puts out these standings every single night, um, you know, after each game. He was not able to do it last night, but I have went through and updated everything. So these are the official standings as of the end of week one. And there's some interesting things in here. Um, you know, like I said, obviously, uh, you know, each team is very competitive. So, you know, like I said, but we'll, we'll break this down. So the top two teams in the league, they both went 4-0, are the Miami Knights and the Kirky Turkeys. Not surprising to me. You know, Knights and Turkeys were two teams that when, when we were doing the Season 6 preview show, everybody kind of pegged them to as, like, perennial, like, okay, them, them guys are shoe-ins, right? They're both well-built teams. They've, they've done a really good job in the front office, you know, making sure that they that they not only keep these guys, but also add pieces as well. The Turkeys just added another piece this week. Um, you know, we will be discussing that as well. Uh, so the Knights and the Turkeys are 4-0. 
Then you had the Las Vegas Jokers at 3-1. The Jokers, just like Season 5, they got off to a hot start, played really well, and then kind of fizzled out at the end. Is this going to be the same thing? You know, we will see. Um, but, you know, a pretty good start for a team that, that lost its owner and, you know, lost a couple pieces. But like I said, too, they also gained a couple pieces because, as I mentioned in the intro, there has been some trades. So we will discuss that as well. Then you have kind of the log jam in the middle, right? You have you have the Colombian Kings, the International Man Meets, the Lone Star Glory, and the defending champion New York Empire, all at two and two, right? Meets and Empire played a series, which we'll discuss here in a few minutes, um, and then the Kings and the and the Glory uh, split their series as well. So, you know, not really surprising with some of those teams in there. You know, I thought maybe New York would would maybe go three and one, um, but you know, the Meats are a better team than people think. You know, this revamped, this all-new meat that they have, this is fresh meat 2.0. Um, you know, with and it's really not fresh if you consider the fact that they got all these veteran players like Thermos Monsoon and R.A. Dongy and Joey Phillips and these guys. I mean, they're not really fresh meat, right? It's kind of like it's kind of like meat that you set out for too long, but it's still like you're – it's at that cusp where it's like good still, but you know that eventually it's just going to spoil – I don't know, but but it's the meats. I mean, we'll we'll discuss the meats, you know, series here in a minute. Then you get into the Atlanta Rippers. The Rippers are one and four. Um, not, I, I mean, that's kind of where I figured they would be. I didn't, I didn't think that. I thought that they might split the series um, with the Jokers, but um, you know, I was wrong there. And then you have the the last two bottom teams, the, the Dallas Rough Riders and the Manitoba Moose, both at zero and four. Um, Manit both have bright spots, obviously. Um, so we'll be discussing that, um, you know, you know, coming up here. So so let's get into each series, and obviously the way we're going to do this is break it down um, by each, you know, like I said, each series, um, and then we'll go from there. So the first series that we are going to talk about is the Jokers and the Rippers, right? So. The Jokers and the Rippers. The Jokers won the series three games to four. Um, you know, in the first game, they took the took it six to four. It's actually eight to four. I'm sorry. Um, there was a typo there on the uh, sheet, but you know, eight to four. You know, Atlanta got all their runs in the four in the sixth inning. You know, they they got everything in the sixth. So let's let's go take a look a deeper dive into this. You know, Dixon Yomuda did a really good job for the Rippers trying to get them back on the board. You know, he was two for four with three RBIs. Um, East and West was the other person that got an RBI in that game as well. But in this game, it was really all about the Jokers and their offense, right? Gunny McGuire, three for four with an RBI. You know, you had Doug Britton, two for four with two RBIs as well. John E. Rocker, three for five with two RBIs. I mean, these guys really dominated game one, right? The Rippers only had eight hits, so you know that the pitching was really good too. Um, so let's take a deeper dive into that pitching. And obviously, A.J. Stryker getting the win, five and two-thirds innings, three earned runs, two strikeouts in that game. Willie do it, took the loss, six hits, four earned runs, gave up four walks. Um, probably needs to get that walk process down a little bit there. Um, you know, and then the bullpen just kind of blew up for the Rippers, right? I mean, Freddie Helium gave up two runs. Tyler West gave up two runs in his season debut for the for the Rippers. Um, and, you know, no U was a bright spot for the Rippers as well. I mean, he only pitched one inning, but he did have one strikeout, didn't give up anything. So, moving on to game two. And game two, you know, this is when we started doing things a little differently because we've moved over to two games in a day, two games at night. So the Jokers and the Rippers, game two was five to three with the Jokers taking the win. You know, once again in the sixth inning, something about that magical sixth inning for the Atlanta Rippers as they got all their runs in one inning. Right? There's eight other innings, boys. You you know you gotta you gotta get some runs, <laughs> get some runs to help yourself out. Uh, but they but the score was five to three, eight hits total for the Jokers, five hits total for the Rippers. So jumping into this, just looking at the Rippers, um, Dixon Yomuda, once again, two for four with an RBI, playing a really good series so far once, once we look at the stats. Benny Rodriguez, one for four with an RBI as well. Uh, Rosario was one for four with an RBI too. But looking at the other side, once again, you know, different players stepping up today 
uh, or this day for the Jokers. Obviously, Mr. Hugo, two for four with a home run and an RBI. Hey, would you blow me? One for three with two RBIs. So a good, good job there by the rookie uh, to get something going for his team. And then, uh, then I'm not sure what his first name is, but last name is Shit. <laughs> Came in as a pinch hitter and got two RBIs. So that's a huge game for Shit. Um, and then looking at the pitching, obviously, uh, Stone O'Brien did okay. You know, even though that the Jokers, you know, the Jokers won the game, but Stone O'Brien did okay. Five and a two-thirds innings pitched, three earned runs, three strikeouts. Gave up five walks, though. That's a lot of walks, man. That's a ton. But in the end, Adam Winwright was actually the one who got the win, two and a third innings pitched. He only gave up three hits, two walks, no runs. A.J. Stryker actually came in and got the save. She got the win the day before. She gets to save this game and get only doing one strikeout. Will he do it once again? Takes the loss. Though. Will he do it? Three and a third innings pitch. He came in in relief, gave up two runs, had five strikeouts. So a good, you know, strikeout game with no walk. So he was able to actually fix that walk problem he had in game one. Freddie Helium did get to start in this game. Five innings pitch, four hits, three earned runs, two walks, two strikeouts, gave up a home run. And then Phil Ick, you know, did a decent job in his two-thirds of an inning relief. So then, you know, here we are. The Jokers are at 2-0. And then the Rippers come back. The Rippers get a victory, 4-1. This time, they actually took the advice of Donnie Dickshot, even though I just now gave it. <laughs> you know, spread the offense out a little bit, right? Two runs in the fourth, one run in that magical sixth inning, and then one run in that seventh inning to make it 4-1. to one. The pitching in this game was really good for the Rippers. But let's take a look at the Jokers' offense in this game. Mr. Hugo was one for three, and the only person that had an RBI was Tom Krieg, who was one for four. Johnny Rocker did have two hits in this ballgame for the Jokers. Looking at the other side, you know, this is where this is where you know the Rippers, like I said, they, they needed to get the offense going. Dixon Yomuda, once again, one for three in this ball game. You know, Benji Carlson had an RBI. Phil Ick had an RBI in this ball game as well. Meals Wheels was 0 for 4 with an RBI, so it must have been a sacrifice, I would imagine. And they collected four runs on eight hits. So good job there by the Rippers. Let's take a look at the pitching. Phil Ick did a fantastic job. Six innings pitched, four hits, one earned run, one walk, four strikeouts. Beautiful pitching by Phil Ick. Rapid Raccoon taking the loss. Four innings pitched, four hits, two earned runs, four walks, and a strikeout. And then Tyler West coming in to get the save, pitching only one inning that gave up nothing and did not strike out a soul. So good pitching all around there by the Atlanta Rippers. And then you have the last game of the day, or the last game of the week, actually. I'm sorry. Coming in, the Jokers coming in on that Friday night, getting a victory with a score of 8-4. to four. And the Jokers just offense just dominated here. Eight hits or 12 hits on eight runs, you know, getting two runs in the third, three runs in the fourth, and three runs in the sixth. The Rippers just could not do anything. They got 10 hits though. So let's go deep. Let's take a look, deep look at the stats. Benny Rodriguez, two for five in this ball game. East and West was able to get an RBI. Dixon Yomuda, one for three. Rosario went two for four in this ball game. And then Nerdler, Nerdler came in with a pinch hit home run. So a very good outing for the uh, Atlanta Rippers, at least with the offense-wise, but they just did not get enough runs. And let's go take a look at the other side. Spud Perkins in that leadoff spot, two for four, with a home run and three RBIs. Mike Twinscrew had himself a game as well. Three for four with a home run and two RBIs. John E. Rocker with a home run, a solo shot as well. Hey, would you blow me? Another good outing by Hey, would you blow me? Two for four with an RBI. So the offense for the Rippers just really just, or for the Jokers, I mean, really just came in and dominated. Let's take a look at the pitching here. Adam Winwright gets the win. Six and a third innings pitch. Gave up ten hits. One walk and two strikeouts. No U taking the loss. Three and two-thirds innings pitch. Gave up five earned runs. Three walks and a strikeout. So, in this series, you know, like I said, the Jokers, um, you know, look pretty good. You know, look pretty dominant. Um, you know, they, they just got to keep it going. 
And and the thing is, you know, with the Rippers, I'll say this. You know, they they came in and and really, you know, like I said, that sixth inning was just magical in those first two games, and and they were getting runs, but the Joker's offense was just that much better, right? And and that's where a built well built team is better than a okay built team. Now I'm not saying the Rippers are are a bad team. You know, I'm just saying that, you know, they're a younger team. You know, Jokers do have some veterans on there. So they've just got to put it all together and get it going. I think once the pitching comes together for the Rippers, I think you're going to see a different ball club for sure. So looking at the next series we are going to be talking about, which is the Miami Knights and the Manitoba Moose, this one was just all night, all the time. But I will say this before we start, and I'll probably finish it with this too. Manitoba had some moments, right? Manitoba looked pretty good. But let's just dive into these, right? So game one was the Knights taking the win 11-3, to right? The offense just dominated. 19 hits, 11 runs. The pitching was fantastic. Only gave up five hits. They gave up three runs. Let's just dive right into it. Let's look at the Manitoba Moose and what they did. David Leathers, two for four with two RBIs. Russ Perry with a solo shot. That was your offense, basically. Right? That was pretty much your offense. And then, looking at the other side, you have Javier Brizzo, three for six with two RBIs. Wes Connors, two for five with an RBI. Eagle Mondavi, that homeless-looking bastard, Eagle Mondavi, three for four with a home run and two RBIs. But Outlaw Owens came in and said, I'm going to take care of this game today. Three for five, two home runs, four runs batted in. Between him and Mondavi, that was really all they needed in this game. It was a well-hit ball game for the Knights. Taking a look at the pitching, Troy pressing, you know, seasoned vet, right? I mean, Troy has been around since, I think, the beginning of time. Seven and a third innings pitch, four hits, two earned runs, one walk, eight strikeouts for Troy pressing. Very good game by Troy. But Baker Martinez taking a loss, two and a third innings pitch, seven hits, three earned runs, and two strikeouts. You know, looking at this, you know, I, I mean, it's a newer team. It's Man Meets 1.0. They have some new pitching. I can't really give them any slack for, um, you know, for what happened. I mean, the Knights are just a very good team, and we're going to continue talking about that down the road. I mean, Gravity Steve in one inning gave up three earned runs. Probably not what you want to see out of your bullpen. The bullpen gave up a combined eight runs in this ball game. Not a good look if you're the Manitoba Moose. I think that's that's kind of a, a, a key need down the road. Game two we're going to be looking at is going to be the – this was a closer game. The Knights and the Moose and the Knights take the win four to three. Okay, The Knights get seven hits on with four runs. The Manitoba Moose get a run in the bottom of the ninth to try to do something, but it just did not get enough, and they lost 4-3. to three. So let's take a look at the stats here. Let's take a look at the Moose first. Kendrick Bradley, 1-3 for three with a home run and two RBIs. Dixie Normus with a home run as well. There was your offense for the Manitoba Moose. Looking at the other side, Eagle Mondavi, 2-4 for four in this ballgame. Anthony Layton, 1-4 for four with an RBI. But Wes Connors hit a bomb in this game with them tree trunk of arms. One for four with a home run and two RBIs on the game. So this was a really good game to watch if you're watching it. Uh, very close. The pitching was good. Let's discuss that as well. Frank and Beans got the start for the Knights. Four and two-thirds innings pitch. Four hits, two earned runs, three walks, and five strikeouts. And then Gravity Steve taking a loss. Five innings pitch, five hits, three earned runs, one walk, and one strikeout. That's a good outing for Gravity Steve, in my mind. That's a good outing. Um... To hold that offense down and only give up three earned runs is pretty good, right? And then the bullpen actually stepped up and played well. Baker Martinez, two innings, gave up nothing. Crookleton, two innings, gave up nothing. Combined three strikeouts on three walks, or two walks. Not bad, right? Good outing by the Moose. Maybe there's some hope for that bullpen after all. But let's see. Let's see what the stats agree. So game three, another day game, obviously, the Knights take the win 7-4. The Manitoba Moose getting three runs in the fifth. Let's take a look at the stats. 
Obviously, we're going to go deep into this. So, David Leathers, one for four with a home run and an RBI. Dangley Sack and Russ Perry each had an RBI, but Dangley Sack went two for four in this ballgame. And then Storm Phillips went two for three with a walk. Very good offensive numbers here. Here's the thing. The Moose are able to put the, you know, are able to get runners on, right? I mean, you can see it in the stats, but they, it's kind of like what I said in the preseason. They, they've got to learn how to hit with runners in scoring position. I don't know what their average is. I, I'm, I'm sure we get, we could get somebody in the stats department to come up with that. But, um, and then I can tell you the stats department here at the BHB tonight's rough, right? I mean, it's basically just Darla with a trough full of popcorn chicken. I don't know, popcorn shrimp, popcorn chicken, whatever you want to call it. I don't know, but she's our stats team, and all she's worrying about is how many donuts she can fit in her mouth. That's the only stats she cares about. Let's take a look at the Miami Knights here. You you know, you obviously have a really good offense. Teddy Labor, two for four with a home run and four RBIs. Eagle Mondavi, two for five with a home run and three RBIs. Somebody needs to check that dude for roids, right? I mean, really, like, somebody's got to check him. I mean, it's just, I don't know where this offensive production is coming from from Eagle. It can't be progression, right? I mean, it just can't. And Eagle knows. I mean, he, I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's a long story. But anyway, Ricky Rodriguez, two for three with two walks. He did score three runs in this game. So Ricky Rodriguez is a really good, uh, really good production for this game as well. Looking at the pitching, Ricky Kwan starts the game for the Knights. Four and a third innings pitch, six hits, four earned runs, three walks, two strikeouts. Aaron Kozak starting for the Moose. Five innings pitched, three hits, one earned run, three strikeouts. Once again, the Moose pitching well, right? The starting pitching is being productive, doing, getting quality starts, right? But in this game, Franken Beans takes the win. Two innings pitched, one hit, two walks, one strikeout. Bob Kelso gets the save for the Knights. Uh, one innings pitched. He gave up two hits. He didn't have a strikeout. Um, and then Crockleton on the other side took the loss giving up four earned runs in an inning and two-thirds worth of work. So the the bullpen for the Moose struggling once again. And then you obviously are going to go into last night's game, or yesterday's game actually, the Miami Knights beating the Moose once again to sweep the series 8-5. to five. The Moose offense once again showing up in the fifth inning, getting, up, getting three of their five runs. Miami getting 14 hits in this ballgame. When you break down the stats, David Leathers, I mean, I've said his name, I think, every game. Yeah, I'll tell you, he's going to be a special player. He really is. I think the Moose are going to build around this guy. He's he's going to be special. Two for four with a home run and an RBI. Storm Phillips coming in, two for four with a home run and three ribbies in this ballgame. Dangley Sack was able to add an RBI as well. Looking at the other side, Ricky Rodriguez, two for four, or one for four with a home run and two RBIs. Outlaw Owens, two RBIs. And then you obviously did not – you had Eagle Mondavi two for four in this ball game as well. You know, the Knights are the Knights. Let's let's look at the pitching, and then we'll kind of break this down. Um, Edgar Hamilton, five innings, six hits, five earned runs in this ball game. Uh, Crickleton pitched pretty decently. Needs to get the walks down, four and a third innings pitch, four hits, five walks, and four strikeouts. Uh Troy Pressing comes in and gets the win in three innings of relief, uh, only giving up two hits and two strikeouts. And Tuvea getting a loss for the Moose, one and two-thirds, four hits, four earned runs, two walks, and a strikeout. So the Moose, I got to tell you, the Moose, like I said, they have some good players. And and I think that Aaron is really going to do a good job of, of getting all that together and putting something productive out in the field, right? Granted, they're getting the rough end of the stick here. They're they're facing Miami. I think next week they face New York, if I remember correctly. I to, when we do the next week in the BHB segment, I'll be able to go through that. <clears throat> but you know, they the, like I said, the starting pitching did really well, and the the they were able to get hits right against a really good Knights team. And I mean, they got blown out that one game, but really everything else has been pretty close. So. You know, look out for the Manitoba Moose. They're going to be a tough team down the road. Once they get things figured out, maybe add a piece or two, maybe via maybe via trade, via free agency. When progression start hitting, seeing who's active. You know, they have a pretty active team. You know, will they be able to boost that up and, and, and be a really good team by the time week four, week five hit? We'll see. Um, 
And then the Knights, is there really much more to say? I mean, they're just they're just simply a really good team. They're my team, I think, that's going to win the Bartolo this year. Um, I, I just, I mean, they're just too good, right? There's not really much you can say about them. So let's dig into the next series. Um, and we are going to be talking about, and you know who we're going to be talking about. We're not talking about the Kings yet. We're going to be talking about the Turkeys and the Rough Riders. The Turkeys did sweep this series. Um, in the game one, they took that 9-2, to two, um, 14 hits with 9 runs. Meanwhile, they held the Rough Riders to just 7 hits. But let's take a look at the stats in here. The Rough Riders, you got to remember, this is the LA Wild Things team, right? And this isn't just your normal expansion team. They have some pretty good pieces in place here. Paps Bear Hatman, Santa Claus, coming down from the North Pole. One for five of the home run of an RBI in this ballgame. Uh, Olaf, the rookie, if I remember correctly, um, I think he's a rookie. Or there's a two Olafs. I can't remember. Two for four with a, with a home run of an RBI. If he's not a rookie, I apologize. Um, but, you have, like I said, you have some good players. Deacon Nickens went 0 for four in this game. Probably did not help. You look at the other side, though. The turkeys are just well-built, right? Alia, one for four with a home run and two RBIs. Patrick Thomas, three for four with a home run and two RBIs in this ballgame. Dante Hill, somebody that we said that you have to keep an eye on. A rookie, their first round, not, not their first round, their first pick of the, of the draft for the turkeys was Dante Hill. Three for four in this ballgame. And, and this is going to be kind of a continuing trend once we get into some of these other games. These rookies have played really well this first week. I mean, they've really done well. So, digging into it, let's take a look at the pitching. You know, uh, Armstrong gets the loss for the Rough Riders. Four and two-thirds innings pitch, seven hits, five earned runs, two walks, two strikeouts. And Young taking the win for the Turkeys. Five innings pitched, five hits, one earned run, two walks, and three strikeouts. William Thompson getting the save, an inning and a third with two strikeouts. So, where what happened? Jackson coming out of the bullpen for the Rough Riders give up three hits, three earned runs, and two walks. That's where you gotta you gotta you gotta fix it. Okay, if you're the Rough Riders, you gotta fix it. So looking into game two was you know the Turkeys barely squeaking by in this ball game, two to one. The Turkeys getting nine hits with two runs, and the Rough Riders get one run on five hits. And looking into the stats here, the Rough Riders, once again, Santa Claus coming down. Paps Bear Hammond, 2 for 4 with the home run of the RBI, just showing why he's one of the veteran, one of the better players in all of the BHB. And and that was pretty much it, right? That was that was their offense. Um, Deacon Nickens went 1 for 3 in his ballgame. Devin Anthony went 1 for 3 in his ballgame. Johnny Dickshot, the starter, the weak nut Johnny Dickshot, one for two in his ball game, try to help himself out. Uh, you know, looking at the turkey side, Alia once again with an RBI in his ball game, and then uh, Kingsley two for two with a walk and an RBI in his game. So he had a really, really good game as well. Mighty Bunch Jr. went two for four in his game. So, but the pitching, I think, was this was really just a pitching duel. Obviously, William Thompson gets the win, seven innings pitched, three hits, one walk, five strikeouts. Johnny Dickshot taking the loss. Six innings pitched, six hits, one earned run, three walks, and two strikeouts. And then Young coming in with the save, a two-inning save, uh, with only giving up two hits, an earned run, and a strikeout. So, Rough Riders, once again, holding the turkeys, right? Doing a good job. Let's look at the third game, which is the turkeys taking that one as well. As we said, they sweep the series. With a score of six to three. They got six runs on 13 hits. The Rough Riders got three runs on eight hits. And all three of those runs came in the seventh inning. So let's take a look at the stats here. And you have Jose 43, one for four with two RBIs in this ball game. Daryl Strawberry, one for four in this game. Devin Anthony, one for four. Santa goes two for five with an RBI. I mean, he's just been playing really well in this series. You know, I mean, he, he wasn't able to play good enough to get wins for the for the Rough Riders, but that just shows you how good Pat Spearhaven is. Looking at the other side, Ray Ray Colson, four for five with an RBI. Good game by Ray Ray Colson. 
Alia, two for five in this ballgame. Mojo Rising, one for five with an RBI. And then Kingsley, two for three with two walks and two RBIs. It seems like every time I bring up Kingsley, he's getting two hits and two RBIs. So good game for Kingsley in this one. Looking at the pitching, Zeus Williams was the one who started for the Turkeys but did not get the win. Big Tasty Awesome Meat was actually the guy who got the win. An inning pitched, and then you had Young with an inning pitch as well, giving up a walk and a strikeout. Molecular Chungus taking the loss for the Rough Riders with an inning pitch. He was the one who pitched the seventh inning, giving up three hits, three earned runs, and three walks. So, Molecular Chungus, you didn't look good, Bo. You did not look good at all. And then let's, and then that is actually um, the third game. So let's take a look at the final game for this series. And it is going to be 11-5. The Turkeys with the win. The Turkeys getting 13 hits in this ball game and 11 runs. Really good offensive production. The Rough Riders got 11 hits though. You know, kept up with the Turkeys, but only got five runs. So let's take a deep dive here. You know, you obviously have Dick Dick Slap Tallywack, four for four in this ball game with an RBI. Jose 43, two for four with two RBIs. I know that Jose is one of the better um, trying to go after rookie of the year, if I remember correctly. Um, so he's a name we're going to have to keep an eye on at the BHB tonight. Devin Anthony, two for four with a home run and an RBI. That was really all the production you needed out of out of the Rough Riders, or all the production I got. Let me say that again. Um, the turkeys on the other side, though, Mighty Bunch Jr., two for four with a home run and three RBIs in this ballgame. Kingsley, here we are again, three for four with three RBIs. The dude just knows how to get hits and, and get RBIs. Like, he's, a, he's an RBI machine. Dante Hill, one for three with an RBI in this ballgame. Ray Ray Colson, two for five with an RBI in this ballgame as well. Mojo Rising, one for three with two RBIs. So a really good offensive production coming out of this camp and I gotta tell you the turkeys are just looking poised right I mean they're they're looking really good um you know obviously you know with this you know with this series um you know the rough riders have some work to do they really do they have they have some work to do um but you know they'll get it they'll get it done they they have some good players in place and they will put everything together. They may have to get a piece or two, who knows. But once progressions and stuff start hitting, the more active players will get better. And, you know, we'll see how it goes. You know, could Jose 43, you know, and, and Santa really carry that team? We'll see. Um, and on the other side for the Turkeys, I mean, they're they're just good, right? You know, it's kind of like the same thing we said about Miami. We can't really say a whole lot, right, about the, about the Turkeys. They're just, they're just good. So... We'll have to see exactly what comes out of it, but like I said, you know, this team is very active and they even got better this week, and we'll discuss that here in a few minutes. And then the last series that we are going to talk about, or the next series we're gonna talk about. See, it's it's odd. I'm I'm used to only doing four series, and now I have five series to talk about. Which is going to be the Empire and the Man Meets. Um the Empire and the Man Meets. Um, this series was split, which I was kind of surprised about. You know, this one was was a really good, interesting series to watch if you're a BHP fan. Let's jump right into it. The Empire take game one, eight to four. Um, you know, they they each got 11 hits, but the Empire just knew what to do with those 11 hits. You know, scoring eight runs compared to four. So let's take a look at the stats. You know, obviously. For the man meet side, Joey Phillips going two for five with an RBI. Skylar Stevens going two for five with an RBI. Howie Felter snatch one for four with an RBI. And Savayas, and I, I one day I Quavas, I think that's what it was, Quavas, um, two for four in this ball game. Uh, Jacob McCall two or one for two with an RBI as well. So, like I said, they got hits. They just didn't know how to score. So. On the other side, you have Biscuit Basher, two for four with an RBI. Marion Rodriguez, the rookie, two for four with an RBI, the replacement for Joey Phillips. He's already looking better than Joey Phillips. No, <laughs> just kidding, Joey. You went two for five in this ballgame. So, uh, Olaf, the shortstop, the rookie shortstop, one for four with an RBI. Eric Schoen with an RBI. This was just a really good overall game. Fred, Fat Freddy added two RBIs in this game as well. 
They just knew how to score, okay? The pitching, obviously, Prakniak started the game, four innings pitched, three walks, three strikeouts. R.A. Dongy taking the loss for the man meets. It's still weird to see R.A. Dongy in a man meet uniform, but it is what it is. Five and a third innings pitched, six hits, six earned runs, five strikeouts, three walks. Got to get them walks down, Dongy. Got to keep them walks down. Um, Willie Knox gets the win, though. I think Willie Knox really pitched very well in this game. I mean, he gave up two earned runs, but he pitched really good in his relief appearance. And then we'll be bringing up Willie Knox again here later on. But, um, and then when you're looking around, I mean, at the other at the other positions here, uh, Dar came in, one innings pitch, gave up two earned runs on five hits. That's not what you want to see if you're the man meets. But it is what it is. So day two, the man meets take this game with a score of three to one. This is what I was talking about with the veteran team, like the man meets are. They're gonna know how to in these close games they've all been there they've all done it they're know how they're going to know how to win these games and the score was 3 to 1 the empire only getting four hits in this ball game let's take a deeper dive into it once again and look at the empire stats Merle McGuire was 1 for 4 biscuit basher was 1 for 4 yogi bar was 1 for 2 fad freddy was 1 for 3 in his ball game Merle McGuire did get an RBI uh, but looking at the other side though akira Buzzsaw, a rookie a second baseman rookie uh, two for three in this ball game. Quavas, two for four in this ball game. But Jacob McCall, two for three with a home run and three RBIs. That was the offense for the man meets. And it was well timed, too. It was in the second inning, and that was really all they needed. You know, after that, it was this was a pitching duel for sure. And that's why I said, you know, maybe we'll talk about other pitchers down the road here. But Bruce Leroy getting the win. For the man meets seven of the third innings pitch, four hits, one earned run, two walks, and three strikeouts. Yogi Barr taking a loss, five and two thirds innings, six hits, three earned runs, two walks, and four Ks. R.A. Dongy getting the save, one and two thirds innings pitched, did give up a walk, but he did get a strikeout. So good, good game for the man meets in here. Um, you know, like I said, there, it, this is a different man meet team. Coming into the third game, the man meets shut out the Empire with a score of two to nothing. Each team got five hits, but the man meets knew what to do with the inning of the fourth and the fifth inning, getting a run each. So taking a look at this, you know you have Merle McGuire one for three with a walk. You also have Tip Tippington one for three with a walk as well, and Eric Shun was one for two. Like I said, they got hits, just didn't know what to do with them. And then you look at the other side, Thermos Monsoon, two for three in this ballgame. Howie Felter snatched did a sack fly to get an RBI. Otis Boudreau helped himself out getting an RBI in this ballgame. That's where, you know, the runs came from. You know, Otis Boudreau did get a start. And I got to tell you, this rookie looked really good. And I have a feeling we're going to be talking about Otis Boudreau for a while, right? And also, we're going to be talking about him in the next segment because... He's no longer a man meat. So we'll be discussing that. Um, R.A. Dongy with a save once again. Two and two-thirds innings pitch. Give up a hit. Did get three strikeouts in this ballgame. Otis Boudreaux, by the way, went six and a third innings. Four hits, three walks, and two strikeouts. Anytime that you can shut out the, you know, anytime that you can shut out the man meat or the empire, that tells you something, right? And that tells you how special Otis Boudreaux is going to be. Willie Knox takes the loss. Seven innings pitched, five hits, two earned runs, one walk, five strikeouts. Pitched a really good game, okay? Let, let's not take anything away from that. Willie Knox pitched a fantastic game. Yogi Barr coming in, gets two strikeouts in an inning. Does a fantastic job. So coming into the next game, you know, which is going to be the final game, and the Empire come back and shut out the man meets. Revenge time with a score of four to nothing. Ten hits and get four runs. The man meets only get five hits. They did get an error in this ballgame. I don't remember where that was at. But let's take a look at what they did. Eric Shun, two for four with an RBI. Merle McGuire, two for five. Rob Masters, one for four with a three-run jack in this ballgame. That was really all they needed in all honesty. Everything else, like I said, if you look at the other side, Thermos Monsoon, Buzzsaw, Quavas, McCall, and then Oldham coming off the bench getting the hits for the man meets no runs coming across as we talked about earlier and then raven santana seven and a third innings pitch five hits 
and eight strikeouts. No walks in this game. So Santana really pitched a phenomenal game. And then Abay, three and two-thirds innings pitched, six hits, four earned runs, one walk, and one strikeout. Um, the bullpen pitched pretty well for the man meets. You know, Otis Boudreaux came in and two and a third innings pitched. Bruce Leroy came in. Dar came in. They really held it down. It was just Abay, that fourth starter, really just kind of gave it all away. You know, just gave up the four runs. So the last series that we are going to talk about, um, and, and really, like I said, you know, let's let's break this down a little bit further. And I jumped ahead of myself here. The, the man meets are going to be a good team, right? They're going to be a surprise team in the BHB. And it's really because of the fact of that offense. That offense is going to keep them in the games, right? The question is going to be, what do they do about the pitching, right? Because like I mentioned, you know, I gave a little teaser. Otis Boudreaux's traded. So, you know, R.A. Dongy just can't carry this team the entire time. So what are they going to do? You know, they got they got to figure that out. Um, so, you know, we'll see what they do. But like I said, the offense, though, has looked pretty good. The offense has looked pretty good. On the other side with the Empire, it's the Empire, right? I mean, the, the man meets are a better team than people think. Um, you know, the pitching looked pretty good. The the hitting looked really good for the Empire. You know, they, they got that one game where they got shut out. But it's the New York Empire, right? I mean, they're, they're a team that... They're the defending champs. They didn't lose anybody. They only lost Joey Phillips. I mean, you know, they're, they're going to be good. They're going to be really good. So let's take a look at the final. Um, let's take a look at the final series, which is the Colombian Kings and the Lone Star Glory. Now, the Colombian Kings obviously are, um, you know, an expansion team. And the or the, the Lone Star Glory is an expansion team, and the Colombian Kings are a rebrand from the Cleveland Steamers. Now, the Cleveland Steamers were runners-up um, this past season, but here's the thing about the Kings, you know, and, and it's been mentioned on the show, they've lost some key pieces. You know, they lost Ari Doggy, They lost Giancarlo Hammer. They lost Thermos Monsoon. And they made some trades. So, you know, we'll be discussing all that down the road, but this is a team that is still a good team and they still have good pieces but they they took a step back a little bit which is fine that's not a big deal um game one the lone star glory take a seven to three the kings had 12 hits and only scored three runs that that tells you all you need to know about this game the lone star glory seven hits seven earned runs and this is how they did it so let's look at the other side here with the kings puma long tree going two for five Daddy Davis went one for four in his ballgame. Dick Avery, three for four with an RBI. And then Bronco Gronick, the rookie, the rookie catcher in his season debut, three for four with a home run and two RBIs. This is what I was mentioning earlier about rookies playing well in this first week. They did a really good job. Here we go on the other side. Jeb Pushpin, two for four with a home run and three RBIs. You're going to be hearing that name quite often. Z, is a Zebo Supreme, if I remember correctly, three for four with a home run and four RBI. So the catchers in this game really did a fantastic job. Um, looking at the pitching for this game, West and East was able to get the win. Eight innings pitched, nine hits, one earned run, one walk, eight strikeouts. The Kings just could not get things figured out for him. Rick Vaughn, the second, gets the start. He gets the loss. Four innings pitched, four hits, four earned runs, four walks, and two strikeouts. Kind of an off day. For Ricky Vaughn, um, and then Dusty T, you know, an inning and two-thirds in his pitch, gave up two hits and three-yard runs, so Dusty T's got to keep that down as well. Um, for his new team, so I keep dropping little hints here as he was also traded. So game two, we are going to be looking at is going to go to the Colombian Kings, seven to four. Same thing, the Kings, seven hits and seven earned runs. The Lone Star Glory played a good game, though, getting eight hits and then getting four runs. So let's take a look at the stats here. For the Lone Star Glory, Billy Big hits two for five of the home run and two RBIs in his ballgame. Jed Pushpin went one for three. Joey Schwent, the number one overall pick, going one for five. Gonzalez going one for three in this game. But on the other side, you know, Dick Avery, one for four with a home run and three RBIs, holding two dicks. One for four with a home run and three RBIs in this ballgame. Those two were the ones that just got everything done, right? They were they were the ones. Um, and then Bronco Gronick in this game again. 
the three for four with an RBI. So the rookie balling out in the first two games of the season. Looking at the pitching, you know, you had Ace Finnick get the start for low start. He went five and a third innings pitch, three hits, two run runs, two walks, and a strikeout. But Rick Vaughn actually gets the win. Uh, two and two-thirds innings pitched, two hits, two run runs, two walks, two strikeouts. Pitched a little bit better in relief. Mario Cano, six and two-thirds innings pitched, five hits, two run runs, three walks, and three strikeouts with the start for the Colombian Kings. Wally Herman taking a loss, two and two-thirds innings pitched, three hits, four run runs, two walks, and four strikeouts. So going into day three, the Colombian Kings take the win. Nine to six, right? So 11 hits, nine runs for the Kings, six runs on 15 hits for the Lone Star Glory. A lot of offense in this game. So let's break this down, right? You know, obviously you have dicks between your legs, three for five with a home run and two RBIs. The GOAT is here, three for six, the rookie shortstop, the backup rookie shortstop with three RBIs in this ballgame. Ziggy Hornick, one for four with an RBI in this game. Really good offensive production. Jim Carl Hammer going four for five in this game for the glory. But the other side was led by the man, the myth, the legend, Kevin Chumbawamba. Lord Chumbas himself, three for six, three home runs, seven runs batted in. I mean, just phenomenal, right? Gallardo, you know, uh, Miguel Gallardo, was got an RBI in this ball game as well. That was really all the production they needed. Was basically just Kevin Chumbawamba, you know, coming up with three, you know, three home runs and seven RBIs in this ball game. The pitching in this game was, you know, a little interesting. Lamichael's Jordan, seven and two thirds innings pitched, started the game for the Glory. Four hits, four earned runs, three walks, and five strikeouts. Um, but Donnie Dickshot, the second, my boy, Donnie Dickshot, coming in at two innings of relief and gets the win. Two hits. One walk and one strikeout for Dick Shot the second. Chico gets the loss, inning in the third inning's pitch, three hits, two earned runs, and one strikeout. So game four, the Kings were looking really high, thinking they might be able to get a series win, and it doesn't happen. The Lone Star Glory in a, in a very good game last night. Win with the final score of 5-3. to three. They got 11 hits and five runs, while the Kings were able to get three runs on eight hits. Let's take a look at the stats. And Puma Longtree, two for four with a home run and two RBIs for the Kings. Odium Muldoon, one for two with an RBI in his ballgame. He had two walks as well. That was pretty much the offensive production. Dick Avery going two for four in his ballgame as well. Bronco Gronick, one for four. Other side, Jeb Pushpin, two for four with a home run and two RBIs in his ballgame. And then Longstroke coming in to make a sack fly and was able to get an RBI, and then Piddlestick, one for two with two RBIs in this ball game. The, you know, looking at the pitching, Ace Finnick comes in with the win, two and a third innings pitch, two hits, one earned run, one walk, and then Mario Cano, a third inning pitch, four hits, three earned runs. That was the difference. Donnie Dickshot getting the shot, or getting the shot. Donnie Dickshot getting the start here. Donnie Dickshot the second, six innings pitched, six hits. One earned run, six strikeouts for Donnie Dickshot the second. So a really good outing for the rookie pitcher. Uh, you know, pretty happy with that result. Sudo Nakai gets the save, giving up a walk, and he gets a strikeout. So looking at these two teams, you know, the thing is is that you have the Colombian Kings, like I said, they, they've lost some key pieces. Um, and, you know, obviously – you know they still have a good foundation. They still have a good team, right? And they're and they're adding pieces as they go as well. You know, Colombian, you got to look out for them. They could be a team that can make a, a push in the late season. You know, with the veterans that they have to try to maybe steal one of those back end spots in the playoffs. Um, Lone Star played better than I thought. I'm going to be straight up and honest. Okay, Lone Star played better than I thought they would. Push Pins a really good player. The Goat. You know, was actually pretty decent in this ball game as well. I mean, these guys, you know, they they put something together, and and I think with some of the additions they got as well, we'll be discussing that. You know, with the trade that was involved between them and the Kings, they're going to be better too. Um, you know, that's a team that you can't sleep on. So, kudos to Lone Star. Uh, good luck on the rest of the season as well. Um, and and that is going to do it 
46 minutes of just this week in the BHB. I enjoyed each and every minute of it. Let's roll into the next segment. All right, so this is next week in the BHB. So let's take a look at the schedule and just kind of give some thoughts here. Um, so the first game, and like I said, this is not in any order. Don't really know how they're going to play out. If it's going to be like, you know, like for example, New York is going to be taking on uh, LSG at home. I'm not sure if that's going to be the first game of the series or not. I don't know. We'll figure that out down the road. So the first series we'll talk about is New York taking on the Lone Star Glory. These Both teams are 2-2, two and two, right? So they have an opportunity to really kind of propel themselves up. I mean, New York is a team that everybody expects to be really good. So, you know, taking two losses from the meets probably hurts a little bit, but they're still right there in the thick of things. I mean, this is only week two. So is it going to be something to where, um, you know, New York maybe kind of starts struggling a little bit? Will Lone Star ride the momentum of people not expecting them to win two games against the Kings? All of a sudden, they're going to ride that momentum into going into New York um, to be able to uh you know do some dominance there maybe try to split the series we'll see what lone star will be able to do with that um i think it's gonna be a pretty good matchup but let's take a look at the next one is the colombian kings will be at home their first homestand in colombia to take on the atlanta rippers and to me this is where the rippers really need to um step it up right i mean they they went one for you know they won one game against the jokers um, they got to do better than that against the Kings, right? They need at least a season. They need at least a series split um, in order to help themselves out. I think that if they get too far down in the hole, they may not be able to climb themselves back out. And it's the same goes for the Kings. You know, if the Kings have got to at least split this series, right? Because, like I said, there's other teams that normally are, you know, kind of at the bottom, like the Meats, for example. And LSG, for example, that may be starting to creep up the ladder a little bit here. So that's where you got to figure out, um, you know, for the King-wise, you know, what who you are and what you can do, right? They've made some moves this offseason. Um, you know, we will be talking about that down, you know, in the next segment. But, you know, this this will be an interesting series for them. This is, this is not a make-or-break type of series because it's only week two. But at the same time, this is something that, the Kings need to at least split the series, right? They can't go one for four. They can't lose three out of four against the Rippers. They just can't. I think if they do that, they'll be in the same spot the Rippers are in if they lose three out of four. So the next series is going to be the Dallas Rough Riders are hosting the Manitoba Moose, the battle of the defeateds, right? Both teams went 0 for 4 in the first week. Let's see what they can do. Somebody's going to win somewhere, right? Somebody's going to win the first game. So who's it going to be? The Dallas Rough Riders or the Manitoba Moose? My thinking is probably going to be the Moose. I think the Moose looked really good. But Dallas has some veterans, though. So, you know, you never know, right? You never know what's going to happen. But, like I said, I think this is this is, this is is also, I think, going to be a really interesting series because let's see if Manitoba can put the offense together and actually, you know, be able to do something here, right? You know, because they, they were able to get a bunch of hits, against a really good Miami team, but will they be able to get hits and score runs? That's going to be the question, right? So let's see what they can do. I think this will be an interesting series to watch. The next series is going to be Las Vegas hosting the Miami Knights. So the Knights, once again, um, on the road. This time they're in Vegas, and this should be a good series. This should be a really good series. Um, Las Vegas went three, went three and one against uh, you know the the uh, the Rippers, and looked pretty good. You know the offense had some games where it looked really good. AJ Stryker pitched really well. Look for Vegas to try to keep that momentum rolling. You know they're a good first half team last season as well, so look for them to just really keep that momentum alive. But this is Miami you're talking about, right? Miami, 4-0. They obviously played Manitoba. So do you take that with a grain of salt? Probably not, but you never know. But Miami, this, like I said, this is going to be a really good series. This is a really good starting point for like for both of them, really, because you know obviously Vegas took on Atlanta. 
Miami took on Manitoba. Now they're going to see how good they really are when they play against each other. So these are two of the three top teams in the league right now. Let's see what they can do. And then Kirky is going to host the uh, International Man Meets. So that's the last series we're going to talk about, Kirky and, and International. And here's the thing. You know, there's a lot of history between Kirky and International, right? I mean, these two teams have been around for quite some time. I know that this is a, a, a quote-unquote rebrand, you know, of, you know, Man Meets 2.0. But you still have some pieces. And, and all these players have played against Kirky quite often. R.A. Dongy when he was in Cleveland. You know, Joey Phillips when he was in New York. You know, Thermos Monsoon when he was in Cleveland. So you have you have players that have been there before. But this is going to be the question. And this is always going to be the question with, with International. How good is the pitching going to be? Because now you just gave up the number two overall pick. Okay, You gave him up in a three-team trade. So how is this going to work? Right, that That's going to be the question. And and I think if the offense is able to get on top of these pitchers of Kirky, you could have a legitimate shot. But Kirky is built all the way around. Okay, they're in my mind, they're 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 just like Miami. They are they are built from top to bottom really well. Even the rookie Dante Hill is I think is going to be an, a special player. So with that. You know, that's where Kirky, you know, don't go into this thinking this is the same man meets team. This is a different man meet team. You gotta be ready. And and I think that this will be the second best series of the week, you know, watching Kirky and International. So now we're gonna take a shift. We're gonna be talking about these transactions and we're also gonna be getting into the dick shot money shot. Alright, so here we are. We're gonna be talking about these transactions that have just went down. In the past few days, uh, we're going to break down each and every single trade um, that has happened. I think there was three, if I remember correctly. So, so let's take a look here. So, obviously, the first trade that was finalized. Now, all these players finished out this week with their teams. Starting in week two, they will be with their new teams. So, let's do this, right? Let's let's break this down. So, the Kirky Turkeys. And the Las Vegas Jokers made an official trade on um, Wednesday. And the Kirky will be sending ace pitcher Andy Young to the Jokers for Rapid Raccoon. That is right. So Young for Raccoon. This is an interesting trade. Raccoon wanted to go back to Kirky. He played in Kirky before, if I remember correctly. He wanted to go back. Um... He, he put out an awesome video about coming home with a raccoon in the car, and that was just, that was fucking hilarious. But, so a really good announcement video by, by Rapid, give him credit. I mean, the rich just get richer, right? I mean, obviously Andy Young was a decent pitcher, um, but, I mean, I, I think Kirky wins this trade. I mean, Rapid is one of the better relief pitchers in all of the BHB. Last week, he made his first official start. I don't know if that's where he should be. I think he's more of the guy you just permanently keep in the bullpen. I don't know. I don't know what Kirky's plan is for Rapid, but you already had a really built team, right? A really good built team. And here we go. Yeah, here we go. Now now you get even better with Rapid. On the other side, this makes this interesting because now you have Andy Young coming in for the Jokers. You already have AJ Stryker. You got Stone O'Brien. You know, this they're they're really trying to put in a really good rotation, pitching rotation here. That, you know, if with the offense that they have, this could be a team that, you know, I, I just I mean it's a good trade both ways actually. But I think Kirky wins it by a squeak. But. I just, I mean, like I said, it just it, it all really going to depend on how good Andy Young is going to be in Vegas. A change of scenery can always help somebody out, um, but we'll see how, you know, he pitches well, if he pitches well in, in uh, Vegas or not. So moving on, during that whole thing too, um, the uh, Las Vegas Jokers were able to sign Mikey Adams, a pitcher to their Meyer, Meyer League team, and then um, Ijin, so I'm not even going to say this name, Ijin Solomura, 
I don't know. You're going to have to send me how you say your name. But the uh, international, you know, the, uh, the Las Vegas Jokers were able to sign him as well. And then he was actually um, part of a trade as well. So we'll be getting into that here in a second. So the trades that were finalized and happened yesterday, um, first one, both involved the Colombian Kings, myself. So I'll break that down as well. Um, so the Lone Star Glory and the Colombian Kings struck a deal before the game started on Thursday with the Lone Star Glory receiving Dick Avery, the left fielder, and Bo Jr. the third. Um, Bo Jr. third the fourth, or whatever the hell you want to call him. Um, Bo Jr. was a minor league first baseman, and the Kings receive Billy Big Hits. So this was a pretty good trade overall. You know, I think that you know, Dick Avery was a guy that I think can step up and play, you know, a big role in, in Lone Star. Um, but Columbia just had just had some other plans, um, you know. And, and Billy Big Hits is a, is a guy that I see as a, as a as a future All Star, right? I mean, he's he's a guy that could come in and and make an immediate impact on this team, um, offensively and defensively. And uh, you know, I think he's going to be a valuable asset for us. So really, this trade was kind of a, a an even thing because like I said Lone Star is going to be better and I think with getting a veteran like Dick Avery I think that's going to be a good thing for him and so then there was a three-way trade going on the same day that involved the man meets the Jokers and the Colombian Kings the international man meets received Dusty T from the Kings and they also received that Sawamura from the uh, Las Vegas Jokers and the Jokers received Otis Boudreaux. So the second overall pick goes to the Jokers. And then coming back to Columbian is pitcher J.W. Doyle. So this deal was an interesting deal, right? Um, you know, obviously, I think, you know, the winners of this deal, I think it's the Jokers. I really do. I think, I think the Jokers getting the second overall pick in Otis Boudreaux, I think that that's a really good move. Um, a lot of teams, including myself in all honesty, um, was trying to acquire the services of Otis Boudreaux. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, the man meets were able to turn around and get themselves a, a mid-tier reliever in Dusty T. Dusty's a guy that's going to come in and, and hopefully make an immediate impact for the man meets. And they're able to get a new rookie Sawamura, they're going to put him down in the Myers, build him up, get him so that they can get him in the rotation maybe next season, maybe, I'm not sure. J.W. Doyle is a, is a rookie in this league. Um, and, you know, for Columbia, you know, they're looking for a guy that could come in and kind of fill in that, that Dusty T-type role, right? Somebody that can be in the bullpen, maybe a starter. You know, we're not 100% sure exactly where we're going to put him at right now. Um, we may flip-flop back and forth between him and Donnie Dickshot the second. Even though Donnie Dickshot the second, pitched really well in his starting debut um, but this was a really good trade overall as well for everybody um, you know some players were able to go the places they wanted to go and 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 overall like like I said once again um, this trade was pretty even so next week should be interesting as you will see these new players in their new homes um, and we'll just see how these trades pan out you know at the end of the season we'll, we'll take a look at all the deals on the BHB tonight and see who won and who lost um, but right now we are going to go into the Dick Shot Money Shot. So, these if you don't know what the Dick Shot Money Shot is, first off, Darla knows what the Dick Shot Money Shot is, right? She, she knows. Um, but this version of the Dick Shot Money Shot is where I make a prediction on something that's going to happen in the BHB next week. So, and, and if you follow the BHB tonight, they never are right. Like, when I originally did the Dick Shot Money Shot, it was to say, you know, hey, um, you know, with this, like, this is, if I was a betting man, this is what I would put my money on. And if you if you put your money on anything that the Dick Shot Money Shot said, you pretty much lost all your fucking money, okay? It, it, it was tragic. So, and it was always about predictions of who was going to win or, you know, if somebody got swept or if somebody split the series. Here is the dick shot money shot of the week two and I hope you're ready for this because this is going to blow people's minds blow their minds 
I think LSG wins the series against New York. I think I think LSG is going to surprise some people and win the series. So there you have it. I don't have any logical reason. I just think when you're looking at the schedule, looking at the teams, I think LSG can pull off a series win. So that means that they have to win three out of four against the defending champs. I'm ready to see it. I hope y'all ready to see it. And now we are going to wrap up this show. So there is no Darla time tonight, um, today, tonight, whenever you listen to this. Um, but I do want to thank you. I want to thank everybody for coming in. I want to thank everybody for listening. Be sure to hit the, the subscribe button. That way you'll know exactly when the BHB Tonight drops. Be sure to also subscribe to the Twitch channel of the BHB Tonight. Um, there will be live shows. You know, it's just, like I said, we're trying to work out the schedule. But, you know, right now, with the way it goes, recording is a thousand times easier doing a podcast and I could do it at different times and doing a live show is always hard because like I could have done a live show at 10 o'clock in the morning um, but nobody's going to be up watching it so didn't want to do it but like I said once again thank you for joining the BHB tonight I will see you all next week and I got to tell you I can't wait to watch these games because they are going to be fantastic so thank you once again good evening and good day <laughs>